0: The wait is over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football's in effect. The NBA Finals are here. And the MLB Playoffs are in full swing. You might go to some of these games, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything. From game spreads, totals, to teams, player, coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today.
1: Welcome to The Bird Calls and part three of our series on Drew Holiday Potential Trade Packages. Um, Joining me is our usual panel of Kevin Berrios, Ali Cosell, and David Fisher. Joining us for just his second time on The Bird Calls, Elliot Claw. Elliot, how are you doing? Welcome. Are you happy to be with us again?
2: Yes, for sure. Thanks for having me, fellas. You know, we, uh, on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans, my... My Pellets podcast. We've done our own Drew Holiday trade series. We started way back in the summer, so I'm ready to uh, to get going. This is going to be fun.
1: Now, Elliot, before we get into these other guys, since since you have not been with us throughout this, and we have not gotten to pick your brain about this stuff, are you how up to you up to where are you with Drew Holiday trade ideas? Are you still like excited about it, or have you heard everything? And you're just kind of like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Where are you on this?
2: You know, I mean, obviously it's going to be subjective with with where you end up, with with what team you're, you're choosing. Uh, Fish has been very active, and I've liked a lot of his trades. But um, it, it's it's going to depend on the team, where, uh, whether or not I'm going to feel about how I'm going to feel about it. Pretty much a done deal. I mean, I didn't think that the Pels were going to really actively shop Drew Holiday like they've been. Um, so it, it, it kind of depends on what team you're going for. It, it's looking like more than likely it's going to be between the nuggets, the nets and, and the Celtics here to me, at least very, uh, very much right now. Um, but pretty much, you know, Ollie and I had a little bit of an interaction the other day on Twitter where I, I'm just caught in, in emotions of it all, you know, us Pelicans mm-hmm. fans and members of the media are absolutely in love with who drew holiday is, but, um, it, it's coming down to whether or not he's, he fits long-term and, and there's some options out there for, for who ends up in new Orleans and pretty much I, I'm to a point where it's a done deal, but I, I'm not necessarily going to be happy about it until I see the return that the Pelicans get.
1: Um, before and, and last before we move on, I want to get your thought on this then. Um, are you surprised that it's in the off season? Did you, do you, were, were you expecting – I think we were all to some degree expecting a trade, um, but how surprised would you be that it comes here in the offseason before um, the Pelicans kind of – what we thought would be David Griffin trying to run it back and see what these guys actually look like together as a group.
2: Right, and especially that they brought in SVG, who is a such a talented guy in instilling defense and making defensive focus. And when you have Drew Holiday on your roster – while fish has pointed out that holiday is not the greatest team defender in the world. He's a guy you can point to with all these young guys on your roster and say that is effort. That is a sense of urgency on your defense. And this is a guy who brings it every night. Um, and he can do it on both ends, whether it's super efficiently on, on offense is one thing, but um, defensively he's a guy who brings it every single night. And I would have thought that SVG would have been like, I want him around, Um, but I, I guess that's not the vision. And I would have thought, like you said, I mean, that they would have run it back at least to a degree, at least to the trade deadline where you really get a year and a half with Drew, Zion, and Brandon Ingram all on the same team to, to figure it out, to determine if this is what's going to be going on the next year, two years, if they want to give him an extension. Um, I, I can't say that I'm necessarily surprised it's happening before the season or it's more than likely to happen before the season. Uh, but there were some, I mean, there are some indications that the Pels really could have at least tried to run it back this season, especially bringing in Stan Van Gundy as their next head coach.
1: Yeah, I think that was the general assumption. But um, instead, here we are in the midst of these trade conversations. Guys, before we do the Pelicans, I want to get your reactions and I'll go around the the group on the other NBA kind of news that's happened today um, along the trade front. So you have reports that James Harden is seeking a trade from the Rockets and that he's listed Philly, um, Brooklyn, and Miami as, potential that of, as his favorite uh, destinations. Then you also hear that Chris Paul could be on the move to potentially the Clippers or um, even Phoenix. Ali, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, even Russell Westbrook is asking out
3: at this point from what we're hearing.
1: What the hell is going on?
3: Trouble in Houston. I mean, you kind of saw it coming with how quickly Mike D'Antoni basically resigned as soon as they got on the plane to leave the bubble. And, of course, Daryl Morey followed not that long after, really. Um, what was it? About, I guess, four, three or four weeks ago now. But then he said, of course, I'm not going to get right back into it. I'm going to take some time off. What does he do? A week later, he's taking the job with the Philadelphia 76 Sector. So, all this is just really looking negatively back on Houston Rockets. And you got to think it goes all the way to the top. The owner, Tillman Fertitta. So, you know, I'm or not surprised, a, honestly. As uh,
1: Kendrick Perkins said, what did he say? Salmon Furtada. Is that what Kendrick
3: Perkins <laughs> called
1: him? Salmon Furtada.
3: <laughs> yeah, but look, David, they are imploding. I mean, it's, it's pretty clear. And with Russell Westbrook seemingly coming out first, I was kind of surprised that the reports are first saying, you know, James Harden, no, he's content. We're going to build around him. So let's face it. They have tried combinations around Harden to where he has stayed. They've kept him happy, and they keep trying different plug-and-play combinations. Well, it seems like this time it's not the case. So I'll tell you what, it presents an opportunity for another team in the Western Conference, right? If you think that at least one of them leaves without getting like a decent return, say Russell leaves and then just Harden, Um, what are the odds that he can even just propel that team that's existing to the playoffs? I don't think it's all that good, right? So if they both leave, then you've got your answer. They're definitely going to be out of the playoffs. So I don't mind it personally. I'm not a big fan of Houston. I, I know most New Orleans Pelicans fans are not either. So, hey, celebration. No,
1: I mean, Kevin, I don't think any of us thought that this deal was going to work when Russell Westbrook joined the Rockets Um, But, you know, they pushed it as, hey, these are friends and they're going to get along. And then there was a fight in the regular season. Everybody said, no, that just happens when people are competitors. Well, the culture seems to be that everyone hates James Harden, from P.J. Tucker to um, even our good friend um, uh, Rivers. Uh, So you just have all these people that have decided the culture there is kind of toxic. But who among winning teams, like, I can't see. Miami wanting James Harden. I can't see Brooklyn wanting James Harden. Like, he doesn't make sense on any contender. And it's the same for Westbrook at this stage in his career.
4: I mean, I would say the only team that he does make sense for is Philly. And it's not just because of DeAntoni. It's just because both of those teams are built in awkward with awkward fits, and they both need what the other one has. You know, like, Houston doesn't have a big man right now. Um, and then Philly doesn't have a, a playmaker, a guy that can create, I mean, Ben Simmons is a playmaker, but they don't have a guy that can make his own shots and can be that go-to scorer when you need, when you need to get points on the board. So that's the only fit that I see there. The Westbrook thing is so weird just because like, he's a player that is just, I don't know how you view him, uh, over the course of his career. Cause he's. He's definitely one of the most exciting players to watch. He puts up numbers. He's been in winning situations. Uh, But there's just something about his inefficiency and his inability to shoot consistently from the outside that just makes him a tough fit anywhere else. And, and now that his body is possibly breaking down, he's really uh, problematic to add to your roster to give up a whole lot for because you don't know what you're getting back. Um So... It's it's a really bad problem that Houston has, especially if Harden wants out. Because if Harden is okay, then you can always retool around a guy that has put up MVP numbers for the last like four or five years and is kind of a one man sh- can become a one man show on offense uh, that can carry you into the playoffs every year with the talent level that he has. But if he wants out too, um, then it's just a nightmare in Houston, which is fine by me because I hate that city and I hate that team. So. Um, I feel bad for Will Weaver, who just went over there, and for Stephen Silas, who just went there, because he was going to be coaching an MVP uh, caliber player and creating offense around him, um, and now they're going to have a seemingly a bunch of turmoil and a bunch of new pieces to try to figure out in a shortened offseason, so I wouldn't expect them to get off to a very good start, um, even if they're not able to move those guys to begin with, because now all that dirty laundry's in the air, and they have to sort that out with a first-time head coach. Um, so, it's, you know, it's going to be a tough situation there, which I'm all for, I guess.
1: Yeah, um, Fish, I never would have thought that a year ago we'd be saying that Chris Paul is the most valuable of that group. And, and after what he did in Oklahoma City last season, obviously um, people are very high on him. Unfortunately, that $40 million price tag makes it very hard to move him. He's been tied to go back to the Clippers and reunite with in L.A. Um, Phoenix has certainly been in the mix. Of course, the Knicks are always thrown into that. But I can't see Chris Paul wanting to go to New York. Uh, how, how, how in demand do you think Chris Paul is at this point? And is somebody willing to take, you know, bite the bullet and, and, and make that move?
5: One team that would jump out to me especially it's so difficult to match salaries for any of those guys. A team that I think might be willing to take the plunge would be the Charlotte Hornets because they have a lot of cap space so they can make a very unbalanced trade. Um, And sometimes we forget as fans that we are still talking about 30 businesses first that are supposed to make money that try to make money. and. If, if you, if you measure all 30 of those teams as there's one winner and 29 losers, it would be a really crappy business to be in. And I think that when you're looking at a team like Charlotte, who hasn't had any kind of long-term success, somebody like Chris Paul from the North Carolina area uh, would make a lot of sense to, to bring him back home. Um, they have, obviously, the cap space to absorb them. They can send, you know, Rozier or something else out um, that would placate um, Oklahoma City because Oklahoma City, honestly, Oklahoma City is coming to the point where when they look at their their hoard, their, their treasure chest of draft picks, that it's going to start to become a a situation of diminishing returns because teams are going to know they have to trade some of these because they can't roster them all like boston exactly boston a couple years ago kind of ran into that and boston actually is running into it um this um this summer they have three first round picks and what they're trying to do is they're trying to combine them and move them up in a draft that is seen as very I-, I can't I think mean, not, not iffy it's just it's, it's it's a draft where it's not incredibly top heavy so teams don't see a whole lot of benefit of hey you can get three of these picks three first round picks so that we can hop up into the lottery which is pretty much what the Celtics are offering at this point and most of the teams in the lottery are looking at their roster and the sheer number of y- young guys they already have on it the fact that we have this incredibly short offseason, there's going to be a schedule that's going to have more back to backs. Um, there's going to be less practice time. Do you really want to be in a situation where you have a bunch of rookies on your team all at once? So, but, uh, and, and teams look at the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics don't have, they don't have internal leverage. They can't say, well, we'll just keep them and use them. The rest of the league's like, okay. Go ahead, like yeah, no skin off our back. So, um, but I, I think going back to Chris Paul, the the Charlotte Hornets would be a team that I think um, it would make a lot of sense from a business perspective from Charlotte to bring him back home um, to North Carolina. It would make a lot of sense for them to just let's field a, a competitive basketball team. And if they end up using that third pick or if they move up to the second pick um, or they find a way to work it out that they get James Wiseman, what better situation to put him in as, as a young big man coming into the league than, hey, you're going to run pick and rolls with Chris Paul. And every single time if you, if you screw it up or do something wrong – He's going to give you an earful about it, about what you should have done. And whenever you do it right, he's going to get the ball to you. And you're going to have just the easiest baskets you've ever had since you were a high schooler and you're six foot 10 and half a foot taller than everybody else is guarding you. So that's a confidence booster for a big man. So I, I think Charlotte makes a lot of sense, especially with their reported high interest in Wiseman and the North Carolina connection. And just the fact that, I mean, we know the Hornets are a franchise that value, Hey, we, we made the playoffs and then we played four games and then we went home. And Chris Paul
1: is a Jordan brand guy.
4: You know what else is interesting about that trade too, is they could send Batum over and also bring back Steven Adams, you know, and the like center is the. Biggest problem, and then also, even if they still draft Wiseman, have him learning under Adams for a year, or even if they keep Adams around for longer than that.
1: And you have exactly. a PJ Washington who can run the pick and roll very well too. With Chris Paul, you set up a lot of open shots. I mean, you—if I'm them, you—I'd be—I'd I'd part with Devontae Graham if they asked me to, because I just don't feel like Devontae Graham is really as good as he looked last year. Because he's, he's still a very inefficient shooter. He just made a bunch of threes in comparison to him before so i mean if if, if that's what you had to give up was Devonte graham and nicholas Litton and yeah like okay let's do that yeah all right so let's get to what we had, what we came to talk about drew holiday I can, chime on, I
2: can chime in sure, on that quick sure. grub cool absolutely so, chris paul First off, I think he would be fun as hell in Phoenix. I think he really does elevate them. In the fact, they went 8 0 in the bubble. They're really riding high right now. I'd, I'd be intrigued to see how they bounce back from that. Um, but, and I'd also be intrigued to see what Oklahoma City would want in return or what Phoenix would be willing to give up. Because what I'm thinking and what I've seen is, is Kelly Oubre in exchange. And I mean, he's just coming off that injury. How does he really contribute in Oklahoma City? Are they looking to come back and try to compete right away, I really doubt it. If they're really shopping Chris Paul right now, and if they do give up Steven Adams, there's no way in hell they're going to come back and and try to make the playoffs again in the West. But uh, Russ going to Charlotte I think is just the perfect classic scenario that would happen right now. I'm also kind of digging this whole situation like Kevin is because I just can't stand James Harden. I don't like the way he plays basketball. The fact that he's paired with Dwight Howard when Dwight Howard was – more relevant than, well, he's become more relevant again, but he paired with Chris Paul wanted to ship him out paired with Russ. This isn't working. I mean, I would be shocked at this rate if James Harden even gets back to the Western conference finals. And the only way I see him being relevant again is if he goes to like, again, like Kev said uh, to to Philly, I think that's where he fits best. Um, they have zero shooters on that roster unless you count Joel Embiid, who's a center as a shooter on that roster. And I think he'd fit well in Philly Um, as to if that works out and um, he can't fit in as a personality there. I don't know. But um, the the one thing that really sticks out to me of everything that I said is is Chris Paul in Phoenix. I I really think that would work well, and I think it'd be fun.
1: the, The thing about Philly for me that kind of bothers me is if you have Harden and you keep Simmons, which is the scenario that I'm you know, thinking of? If, if, if Embiid is sent out, what does Simmons become? Because does he? Because you can't leave him and have him play four out and wait for Harden to find him as a shooter. So what do you do with Simmons on the offensive end?
2: I mean, I, the way I see it is you're going to have to give up Simmons and, and hold on to Embiid if you're going to make it work. I, I don't. I don't know how. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I don't know how you make that work with with Simmons because. They tried to make him a power forward, and then he got hurt. So what you don't really know what you're getting from him at that position. And, I mean, you can't combine those two in the backcourt if you're going to hold on to Simmons. So I think you got to hold on to Embiid and and ship Simmons to Houston if you're going to make it work.
1: Yeah, just you can't play a two-man game. You can't win that pick and roll with Harden and Simmons. And then Tobias Harris who you already struggle with trying to get him motivated on a night-to-night basis to shoot the basketball. I just think if you have him paired with with James Harden, he never shoots again.
3: Yeah. Are are really going to talk for 20 minutes not bring up the fact that Chris Paul supposedly wants to play with Drew Holiday and come to the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, guys, I don't believe that do-
1: to be true. I just don't <laughs> believe that to be true. I don't believe it. I don't I think that's the that what is the most pipe smokish of all that that they want to that Chris Paul would, that wants to do But that. David,
3: if you're Chris Paul and you know this contract and you're not going to obviously um, get rid of it because you want to get paid 80-sub-million dollars over these next two years, what teams can you fit on where they give you a reasonable chance of success, you know, getting hey. in the playoffs and maybe making some noise? I mean, it I can't should. just be Phoenix. Don't you think if Chris comes to New Orleans and say they maybe somehow find a way to keep Drew Holiday... That Wouldn't that be a better, more appealing option than going to Phoenix?
1: But I just don't see how that happens. That's basically, you're punting on your, the Pelicans. Give Pelicans have to give up so much, and it just seems like a short-term move. And if Chris Paul's knee dies this year, his knee just goes away. It's already a bad knee. And if he just ages in one year, you would have gone for that experiment on a team that wasn't going to win a championship anyway. And giving up everything. I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Kevin, you wanted to say something?
4: Yeah, I was just going to say, I showed you earlier how you could pair Drew Holiday and Chris Paul to, on the Suns uh, without that Suns team really blowing up their bubble team too much. And uh, I mean, I think that work.
1: You oh, in Phoenix, yeah, that's different. Yeah. But I'm saying if they like trying the to bring up the
4: bubble team too much, all they would be, get, they would give up Bridges, obviously, but that would be replaced with Drew. And then they would give up, um, uh, Rubio, but replacing him with CP, and then they lose Ubre, who wasn't part of that team anyway. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know?
1: Yeah, Phoenix could do it. Yeah. I, and I agree with you guys that it makes a fit in Phoenix, but I just don't see how it happens in New Orleans. It just, it just I just couldn't see it in New Orleans. I know there are people who would love to see, I'd love to see CP3 back in New Orleans, but I just don't see
3: how it works. I mean, what do the
2: Pels yeah, give I, up? I don't really either,
3: but it just—it's fun to talk about because let's face it, that was the biggest morning news I saw when I got out of bed this morning.
1: I was—I guess if this were quarter law, we'd call that hearsay, though we have no evidence. That it's <laughs> such but we mentioned <laughs> it. We can move on because yeah, I don't—I don't foresee <laughs> it happening either. Okay, these are not our my favorite teams. I don't know if any of you guys think these are fantastic trade partners, but we will discuss them because that's what we've promised the people. So um, I guess I will make, Kevin, you the winner of the coin toss and let Fish go first um, and give (laughs) his (laughs) (laughs) presentation on the Chicago Bulls and what may transpire, what could be enticing for the New Orleans Pelicans to send Drew Holiday to the Windy
5: City. (laughs) So I'm going to walk through just basically some of the the assets that they have that they could put into a trade. Um, The bulls, surprisingly enough, are relatively close to – the salary cap. So they don't have a whole lot of free cap space to do. So it's difficult to do a, a very uneven trade with them. But, um, Otto Porter, assuming that he opts into the player option he has for roughly $28 million, which he would be a fool not to opt into that. Um, he's kind of your salary ballast. Um, he is a serviceable wing six foot eight. It'd be nice for the Pelicans to have multiple players who are, you know, over six foot five in the rotation. Um, I know that's been a, a point of contention for um, Grubb and myself for quite some time. Um, is, is, he a huge ass- is he a huge asset? No. Um, but I mean, he, he's an NBA rotation player. You can say, Hey, we're going to slide Brandon, Brandon Ingram up to the two guard. And we want to play um, Otto Porter at the three and that, that that'll work. And he's going to be able to s- stretch the floor he will be able to contribute it in a number of ways. (coughs) He is an expiring contract. So again, mostly just salary ballast to make the salaries work. Um, The bulls have the number four pick in the draft, um, which would be extremely valuable to the Pelicans, either in a situation, if it's a one, uh, if it's, you know, just drew holiday being traded to the bulls. um, Maybe you send holiday and the 13th pick, you get something like Otto Porter, and the fourth pick back. And then my favorite big man that they have, Lori Markkinen, um, who, if you want to, uh, if you want a seven footer who can defend the rim a little bit and stretch the floor on the other end to make space for, for Zion Williamson, Lori Markkinen is one of the few big men who can legitimately do that. So, you can you can roughly construct the trade just like that. Drew Holiday and the thirteenth pick going out, coming back to the Pelicans, Otto Porter, Lauren Laurie Markinen, and the fourth pick. With the fourth pick, um, we haven't talked a whole lot about the draft, but uh Halliburton, Hayes, Okongwu, those would be the three um that, that I focus on as a Pelican fan. Um that that I would hope that they would target. Um, but passing it to Kevin later, I think one of the things that makes the Bulls extremely interesting is if they're a third partner, it, I mean, the Bulls would be, a, um, the third team in a trade where Drew Holiday doesn't go there because yes. the Pelicans yes. are sending Drew Holiday to a contender. Um, but the Bulls current executive vice president of basketball operations, Arturas Karnasovas, um, came over from the Denver Nuggets front, um, front office he was in the front office when they picked uh, Michael Porter jr. and you say if he's really interested in that and you can get the nuggets to put Michael Porter Jr on the table but I I mean grub I know you and myself not very high on how Michael Porter Jr. fits on this team you send him as the blue chip asset to the Bulls and then you get some of the sexy asset ba- sexy assets back in terms of the fourth pick and mark. Markkinen. So um, there's options there. And now I kind of just want to ha- – who do you want to be the, the GM for each team? Let's break out the deal one more time. Otto Porter, right. Laurie Markkinen, and the fourth pick to New Orleans. And this is just the you know two-party trade. And then Drew Holiday and the 13th pick to the Bulls. Okay, so, Elliot, I would allow you. You are – the Chicago
1: Bulls. Okay. This is David Griffin has called you with this deal. He wants to make a deal. What are, what are your thoughts on it? Um, uh, uh, take it away. Your pros, your cons. What do you do?
2: First off, I, I think it was reported this week that they love Laurie Markinen more than Wendell Carter Jr., even though I know a lot of people around the league like Wendell. Um, I, I'm looking at the the roster here for the Bulls and I mean, I, other than, than Markinon and Carter, I don't see any, any people of real value that they'd be more than likely to to get rid of. They're obviously going to hold on to Kobe White. I don't necessarily want Kobe White anyway, um, if I'm the Pelicans. Zach Levine, they're, they're not going to give up. Same thing. Pelicans don't want to have him. Um, I, I'm probably, based on what I know, going to try to ship off Carter rather than Markinon. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. I don't think they'd want to give up that number four pick, but I mean, you're getting drew holiday and that 13th pick in exchange. So I'm probably switching it up that, that big and and putting in Carter in there rather than marketing.
5: Y'all there.
4: Oh, oh! Uh, I'm sorry. Mike, Mike was sorry. Amazing. I'm sorry about
1: that. <laughs> uh, so, I'm sorry about that. So, if you're the Bulls and you're dropping down to 13, and it's clear that Chicago's had a target, you know, probably had a target at four. If if a move didn't come along, they know who they want in that spot most likely. Would you ask for maybe some of those second rounders from the Pelicans? Would you ask for something? You know, if you don't want the 13 in this year's draft, would you ask for? Um, a protected pick next year or something like that
2: i can see that i could also see them going for some of those second round picks too because i mean the nba <laughs> the nba draft and just drafts in general the nfl draft it's really a crap shoot i mean the, you're doing evaluation you're doing the best you can but the more that you're able the more assets you're able to pick up go for it because that's more likely you're going to hit. So if you can get some second rounders in there as well um, and, and maybe get a, a pick going into next year, I'm, I'm assuming that the Pels are going to want to protect a pick at least to a degree in the first round. But if you can get a first round pick from the, uh, or from the Pels too, and you're the Bulls GM, take it, take it, take it and, and put that on the table as well. Because um, again, more options to hit. You're still a young team. Go for go for youth. Go for uh, the opportunity to hit going into the draft. So the more assets you can get right now, the better. Okay, Ollie, knowing that's the deal on the table
1: that he's pulling marketing and back, um, and he's looking at and say, I, I, I'd go with Wendell Carter, but and also want some picks. What's your thought on the initial
3: deal and what's your thought on that that um, response to it? I mean, overall, I'm looking at it from the perspective that I don't like just a two-team trade with the Bulls for one reason alone. If they're not moving Zach Levine or Kobe White, where is Drew Holiday fitting in? you want Levine playing small forward? You, I mean, I can understand Holiday's defense, right? But both of these guys are shooters that cannot cover the small forward position. So I think, honestly, if we're going to discuss Chicago, we've got to mm-hmm. just talk really just about them being a third team or adding a third team to this mix. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't really think it matters talking about Markin or Carter here. Just to be somewhat realistic, I think we've got to honestly move Drew Holley to another team. Because let's face it, I don't foresee that suddenly they're going to push that win now button. Hey, I just want to bring in Drew for one year, right? That's all he's got left on his contract. Because he wouldn't um, like unless of course he think- agrees that player option. But I'm sorry? Yeah,
1: so I, I don't see a, a scenario in that if, she, if Drew goes to Chicago where he would stay yes, I'm picking up my option automatically. Right. Or B, I'm signing so I, an extension.
3: Yeah, so Chicago's not going to do this deal. So I, I like that Fish did mention the three-team uh, scenario. I've got one that I feels even better, and it routes through the Golden State Warriors. And that's the reason I'm bringing it up, because we've already discussed the Warriors, so it fits in perfectly. Mm-hmm. I like Porter coming to Pelicans, you know, just to serve a salary ballast. He's got that. Um, this is going to be his remaining year. But in this deal, Pelicans get Porter Jr., They then get the Bulls' number four overall pick. The Bulls get Andrew Wiggins and the Warriors' number two overall pick. And the Warriors get Drew Holiday. Now, you may need to send the Bulls a little bit, you know, something else from the Pels, like some future ass or something, because they're going to be, you know, saddled with Wiggins' contract for three years just to move up two spots in a draft. But I feel like they would want to do it because I've heard that they really want to get LaMelo Ball they're really interested in drafting him. I know that they'll settle for Danny Abdia, but I know that from what I've been hearing and a few people have told me, they would prefer to somehow get LaMelo. So if many or whoever they trade their number one pick to doesn't pick LaMelo, I think the Bulls will be all over this. And you know, the Warriors are going to probably want to get off Wiggins' contract. They would probably prefer Drew Holiday to be their new Andre Iguodala. And then they could use their trade exception, uh, that $17.2 million one from the Iggy deal to bring in possibly some more talent because suddenly the salary cap is a little more enviable. They're not going to get hit with such a hard tax by getting off a contract. And teams are willing to take that bullet to play for the Warriors.
0: 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there is one thing you can control, and that's shaving your bush. Look, there's no need to be coy about it. You deserve to smell fresh and look great in all the right places. And Manscaped is here to help. They've got the Lawnmower 3.0, a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost. The ceramic blade and skin-safe technology is designed to reduce nicks and tugs on your fellows down low. It's waterproof, comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They've got the Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on. It's a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. You can pluck eyebrows or trim nails in style. There's also the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. There's the Crop Reviver. It's a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if you... (laughs) We won't judge if we catch you sniffing yourself. Go to manscape.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ARMCHAIR at manscape.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscape.com. Use the code ARMCHAIR. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front. Tr- the wait is over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football's in effect, the NBA Finals are here, and the MLB Playoffs are in full swing. You might go to some of these games, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything. From game spreads, totals, to teams, player, coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Right. So, honestly, I,
3: I just feel like it's setting up to where this is a much better scenario than just trying to discuss any two team, you know, just between the Pels and the Bulls two team deal. Okay. So, I don't know what Here's you guys Here's my think question of that. then.
1: Let me pose this then to uh, to Kevin then. Let's say to me now, it seems like it almost mm. has to become a four team deal in that regard because. If I'm Chicago, I still don't want even if you sweeten it up for Wiggins. I don't want Wiggins if I'm Chicago because I've seen Wiggins and Levine together, and I'm not interested in doing that most likely, mm-hmm. so if I'm Chicago, I'm probably looking to move Wiggins onto to somewhere else. that to me would bring in New York into play,
4: yeah, I can see that I mean also I mean when we talked about uh the Warriors deal I I was saying routing Wiggins to the Kings for Buddy Heald which it doesn't necessarily work for for Chicago, Chicago. because of Levine but maybe they could route Levine to the Kings because the Kings wanted Levine at so they signed him to that offer sheet it just got matched so perhaps uh, Levine for Heald swap would work for them and and then they could keep Wiggins uh, that way, um, I can see that them being involved as well. Do um, you think the Knicks? I mean, I don't know what the Knicks want,
1: but because th- the Knicks, Knicks want to move up, I know the Knicks want to move up because they want Lamelo, or they, you know, they they, they have, they're trying to draft a star.
4: So in that so, scenario, the Pelicans are getting eight instead of four.
1: I would think that that's how it would end up because the Knicks would have to have either four or two out of that deal. They would have to either get the Warriors to. Where they'd have to get the Chicago Four to take the on the aren't just the taking Aiden
3: Porter Junior for holiday though, so got to figure that one out too.
1: Yeah, it, that's what makes all of this hard is because you're giving around a lot of players who either A make a lot of money, um, or B does it make sense with the personnel that they have? Because Chicago is so weird roster wise, they have a bunch of the same kind of guys. Like they have to make a decision on done. I don't mm-hmm. even know what they're going to do with him yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's I'd like it's just surprised. a very
2: weird roster. I'd be surprised if they hold on to Dunn. I mean, I, he doesn't do much for me if I'm going to be honest. But if, if I'm going to throw in a fourth team too instead of New York, I can see the Pacers getting involved. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces. Depot. <laughs> yeah, Oladipo, maybe Turner. Um, I mean, there's been reports that the the Celtics are interested in Turner too. So who knows with that? But I can see, I can see that. I mean, he's another guard um another guy who likes to score in depot but he could go to the bulls i mean the bulls aren't necessarily going to be competing for anything other than maybe the eighth spot in the east so maybe they're just trying to sell jerseys depot's a he had one good year he's kind of known as a star um and when he's healthy so pacers could get involved there and and give up depot and and maybe some other assets too it would be if if you're the pacers I- and you give out Depot and turner
1: it kind of feels like. Well, then you might as well just, just it. Then in that case, I'd be sending Turner to Boston and bottom out. Give me the picks. If you got a brand new coach and you're saying, "Hey, we're just going to try this over and build around Sabonis and the Holiday kid kids um, in the backcourt." Don't and we got Brogdon, too. Yeah, yeah and Brogdon. And,
3: and you can build
1: around right, that pretty quickly like with those picks. Maybe yeah. I don't know.
2: And maybe you. I mean, maybe you get Wiggins. Throw Wiggins in there. That's. I... I don't know if that would fit well, but um, he's a guy who could play the, the two or the three. It's,
1: it's interesting. That's what makes this is, is so crazy is because we have no idea what teams are thinking going into this draft and how many, how, how many of them value it a lot and how many of them are willing. There's so many teams that do want to move back, but there are also a number of teams that want to move up but just don't know how to make that link. So all of these things – it's weird that so many of them, though they are far fetched, could also be plausible. Anybody with another with a last thought on this deal before we vote it up or down?
4: I'll just say, like I, I do also. <coughs> I don't like this deal because I don't think like Markin is the is the guy that I want, and I think that I'd be very hesitant to give him away. Um, and, and everything you said about the fit with Drew and all those guards, those does, also doesn't make a lot of sense, but. Here's a thing that I put together. See if you like mm-hmm. this. If it's just the two teams. So, Holiday, Darius, Melly, uh, two seconds, 13, and a lottery protected future first from the, from the Pelicans to the Bulls for Otto Porter Jr., Markinen, four, and a sign and trade of Denzel Valentine. So, Pelicans come away with the fourth pick. Marketing. I think you have to sweeten the pot if you want marketing. So you have to throw that extra pick yeah. in there. You get Denzel Valentine, a solid guard uh, forward that can play, make, hit the open shot, and defend, and then Porter, who also is a nice serviceable wing forward for a year, and possibly you know with his third rights, he can bring him back on a better deal later. Um, that's
5: the best I could come up with for a Chicago trade. I see. I don't and, like that, that one. Yeah. I don't like that one because I mean my idea in including Mark Cannon in some of these trades is the fact that he's a pending restricted free agent and it might be a situation where the bulls aren't willing to go as far as it might be necessary to resign him. Um, and you're saying let's throw in a fir- future first round pick for Mark Cannon's restricted rights next summer. That's, that's very problematic to me from the, from a value perspective on the Pelicans end.
2: Uh, if we're going back to the fact that the bulls probably, I mean, that's just not a two team thing with the Pelicans and, and Ali brought up the Warriors uh, to, to go back a little bit to, uh, to add some final thoughts on this one. Uh, when I spoke with Cyrus satsas of Warriors 24 podcast, he's been covering the Warriors for like 20 years or 30 years or something like that. I mean, he said that the uh, Warriors probably don't want to give up Wiggins this offseason, too. So to to reference the Bulls thing, I think the the uh, three team trade that Fish has been bringing up on Twitter, uh, one of the, the many um, with the Bulls and the Nuggets. And this is topical, too, because we're going to be talking about the Nuggets here in a second. Uh, I can't remember all the moving pieces, but every time I've seen it, Fish, I- I've liked that trade. If we're if we're just talking Bulls right now, the it was MPJ. Um, and and something else to Chicago, and Chicago is giving up, I think, the four and and marking to New Orleans, and Drew would go to the Nuggets. Is that it, Fish, or is there more to it? Um, I'm trying to look that one up, but I think it's –
5: you've pretty much covered it. I think that one also has the Pelicans getting – that also has the Pelicans getting um, Gary Harris – okay in that but the the nice thing about that when you start talking about the 3 train team and this can kind of move on to kevin's you know presentation on the nuggets is if you're sending drew holiday to the nuggets and the nuggets are sending back gary harris's contract which is hefty already but they're not sending a whole lot of money to the bulls like they're sending a small contract say you know Michael Porter Jr.'s contract is very small right now, and he has the link to um, Carson Ovis. Um, And you can see how he fits really good as their power forward, and then you know they can keep Wendell Carter. Then it makes more sense for them to send Laurie Markkinen and Four for the big sexy sexy pick, um, you know, asset in, in Michael Porter Jr., whereas Michael Porter Jr., I don't really like how he fits with a Brandon Ingram, um, Zion Williamson front court, but Mark Cannon, he can fit, he can fit there. And then, you know, you also have the fourth pick. And then Gary Harris is, Gary Harris is serviceable, but um, Gary Harris, I mean, he's more than serviceable. He's a good player. The issue is the fact that he's not as good of a player as the magnitude of his contract. I think I heard on a, I can't remember which podcast it was. It might've been the (laughs) athletics podcast. And Woe said that um, uh, Gary Harris is a three and D guy hypothetically, but he stopped making threes for two years. (laughs) Well,
1: so let's, (laughs) let's move on to then uh, the nuggets, which again is a team that we were kind of reluctant to deal with. So Kevin, you were given the unenviable task of making a presentation on I said, Nuggets trade. Um, You may begin.
4: Yeah, I I fucking hate the Nuggets as a trade partner. Um, (laughs) uh, So, you know, obviously the big prize there is Michael Porter Jr. But as Fish said, unless... Griffin is very serious about moving Ingram to the two-guard spot, which maybe he is, and maybe that is a good thing with moving Drew out. You get Ingram there, then you get Michael Porter Jr. in that front court, and maybe that makes more sense fit-wise. I just don't see Denver even giving him up for Drew Holiday. I've heard a lot of talk about um, them holding on to Michael Porter Jr., In hopes that Bradley Beal becomes available, and they use that that chip to cash in to get uh, Bradley Beal, which makes more sense. Um, So, what I did is I came
3: up with two
4: versions of a um, of a two team trade, and then I threw one three team trade out there. Uh, So, the first trade, strictly between the Pelicans and Nuggets, is Holiday and Melly to the Nuggets. I don't. I'm I don't like Gary Harris at all. So I'm trying to do this trade without getting Gary Harris. Um, so what we get back here is Will Barton, uh, Bull Bull, the first round pick from Houston this year and a sign and trade of Jeremy Grant. Um, so that's, that's the first trade. Then the other one, I did put one with Michael Porter Jr. in there just in case. Um, so it's Drew Holiday, all the seconds. Will Barton, P.J. Dozer, Monty Morris, and Michael Porter Jr. was another version. No pick comes back to the Pelicans uh, because of Porter Jr. and Monty Morris. I I would love to add Monty Morris to this team. Um, Could put him in that other trade as well. But um, I think with them giving up the pick, I mean, you could probably swap the pick out for for, um, Monty Morris, and that works because the Houston pick isn't a great pick in this draft anyway. Um, And then – the third team one is with the Suns, so we're going back to last last episode as well, mm-hmm. where the Pelicans get Will Barton, Monty Morris, Bull Bull, and Houston's pick. The Suns get Gary Harris and a top-10 protected pick from the Nuggets, and the Nuggets get Drew Holiday and Kelly Oubre.
5: I just want to okay. – before we, before we discuss anything, I want to mention the fact that Frank Jackson was picked 31st in the same – NBA draft that Monty Morris was picked 51st.
2: No. That is critical for yes. us
5: to mention.
4: We've talked about that a lot.
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for this
1: one... Alright. So. so for this one, I'm going to, I'm going to let um, Fish, you get to be Griff. And okay. I, I will take care of, of Denver. So you get to be Griff. You may begin.
5: So well, we're, we're going to
1: work off of Kevin's trade. Yes. So Kevin is—it's called. You know, that's the call. Here's what we're offering. Okay. Well, then you you respond first. Okay. I'll that's the offer. It. Okay. <laughs> my thing is this: if I'm the Nuggets, I don't understand. Again, the fit does not make sense. The one thing I was missing in the playoffs was a catch and shoot guard. That ain't Drew Holiday. Defense wasn't our problem.
0: You know, there are nights that we had
1: to outscore people, sure. But to take on Drew Holiday means, again, that I'm trying to shore up a huge problem for me. I think I can find defense. I don't think it's going to be as easy for me because as I look down that list of guards, I don't have a ton of shooting. I need shooting. I don't have a single guy that I can look at at the two spot and say, that person's going to make jump shots for me so drew holiday doesn't fit me so you got to find me some shooting and the shooting you're offering me if it's darius miller and melly i'm not confident i'm gonna put either one of those people on the floor ever so you got to give me something better than than what you have on the table if i'm um denver yeah well so do you
5: (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's that's I mean it's just to break it down if if you're the Pelicans and you look at that I mean Drew Holiday from the Pelicans end is offering them uh, an upgrade on Gary Harris but an upgrade on Gary Harris in the areas you guys don't really need. That's like, what I'm saying. Um because and from the Pelicans perspective I mean Hey, we're getting another undersized guy that can really only guard 1s and 2s and he can do those things really really well, but also he's not much of a spot-up shooter and like right away it starts to break down. Like it doesn't make sense unless great assets start getting on the board. Now I can I can try to tell you, look, I understand that, but if you're saying we're going to hold on to Michael Porter Jr. Because we're waiting on Bradley Beal to be available. I'm going to tell you that your, your, your backcourt of Jamal Murray and Bradley Beal will be flammable in both directions. Well, let me say, if, I don't,
1: if I'm not sure I can get Bradley Beal if I, and I come back to the Pelicans and I'm like, I want J.J. Redick. Okay. You got to give me Redick and Holiday because I need a shooter.
5: And so, see, Redick and Holiday, then, I mean, you you need to put Michael Porter on the table. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm taking him. I'm probably shopping him if I'm David Griffin. We've seen him do that before. Right. As soon as you give me that, as soon as the Lakers gave him the fourth pick, it was on the block again until he got a good deal for it. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, if I'm... Even even if as Griffin I'm saying, I'm moving Brandon Inger up to two and then I can slide Michael Porter into three and then Zion at four. Stan this Van Gundy is in my team. office, yes. standing on the desk. Like I'm not a miracle worker. Like there are limitations that because all three of these guys just want to put up points and stuff, and I need guys who can defend. So that's what I'm going to use Michael Porter for, and I'm probably going to call up you know, the Bulls or some other team that wants to pitch in things who thinks that Michael Porter sounds fun so that I can, I can build a defense around it. I don't think, and I think culturally on the Pelican side, there's a lot of value in keeping JJ Redick right now as the conduit between the coaching staff and the rest of, of a very young roster outside of Reddick. Really, because if you're talking about E. Moore's probably going to walk, Derek Favors is probably going to walk, um, Frank Jackson's probably going to take a boat and a ferry and a, a plane to China. Um, Heinrich <laughs> Williams, I mean, uh, see you did, later. You know <laughs> is the Europe League still a thing? Like, can he <laughs> go play Europe? He's
1: going to be in the Philippines.
5: <laughs> so um yeah like, you, like it's Manny you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna look up at the pelicans roster and you're gonna say josh hart is our most veteran guy on the team outside of outside of jj reddick and he's still technically on his rookie contract but i mean he's a four-year college player um so yeah jj reddick has a lot of institutional value here where we're not while the Pelicans are hunting, what's the best return we can get for Drew Holiday? They still, I still think the Pelicans front office is trying to thread that needle of can we win now and later. They tried to do it last season and it didn't work because they had, they had no, no backup center. And Derek right. Favors went down, and then it all – they, they lost 14 consecutive games. Like the bubble isn't why they didn't, didn't make the playoffs. That was just the culmination of the fact that you can't lose 14 consecutive games in the NBA and expect to make the playoffs. Um, so, I, I mean, I mean we, we reach an impasse pretty quickly because Drew Holiday and Gary Harris overlap so much, and they don't really give the other team what they need.
1: Elliot, what, what are your thoughts here? I, I just don't see how you can make it work for anybody. Ultimately, if the teams are trying to get closer to the finals.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm right with you. You know, in, in terms of the MPJ, like the only two players on this roster that are convincing me to make a trade with the nuggets are Jeremy Grant and Michael Porter jr. And Literally zero out or outlets that cover the nuggets have mentioned Michael Porter Jr being a part of it, and the only one that I've heard was a sign and trade for Grant, which is obviously what you have to do considering he turned down his player option, and that was uh the d n v r nuggets podcast, and then they shot it down immediately so i i just I don't see it happening and i mean i i I think it's going to have to include a third team and, and I mean I'm not a Gary Harris guy. If you acquire him by chance and he fills up the stat sheet like he did a couple years ago, great. But I mean, he just doesn't do it for me. I, I don't see it happening with just these two teams, but I, also before uh, we move to the next thing, obviously, like I said, I love Jeremy Grant, um, Michael Porter jr. I would be um, interested in, in adding him. I, I, I think with the talent that he has, you just try to figure it out. And the fact that he's on his rookie contract, that's that's something that you just try to figure out also i i love monte morris um i i think i've told you guys i'm from iowa um he he went to iowa state and he he'd be a great acquisition as a backup point guard um to new orleans
1: yeah but you don't have to give up drew holiday to get him there's some there's yeah, another way yeah to figure yeah. that one
2: out oh i'm not i'm just saying i yeah. i'm not saying that i want to give up drew to do that i think we all
1: yeah we all think highly of Monty. That, that's one guy that we've talked about probably for two years now um, who we thought would be a great fit for the Pelicans. Ali, what are your thoughts uh, before we move on?
3: Yeah. Kevin nailed it with his first sentence pretty much. <laughs> I don't like them in any kind of deal because neither side really wants to give up what they need to make a deal work. Basically like Pelicans saying Drew Hawley huge, but from Denver Nuggets' perspective, he's likely just going to be there for one year, so they can't give up MPJ. And it, it's hard to even see them wanting to give up Monte Morris or Bobo, in my mind. I mean, Jeremiah Grant makes a little bit of sense because there's a question whether they're actually going to re-sign him. He's looking maybe for something they're thinking twelve to fourteen million. So I think he would be interesting on New Orleans Pelicans for sure. Ooh. But it can't just be for him. So I don't know what you add to it. I can't stand Gary Harris. I don't want to see him in the Pelicans uniform ever. And Will Barton, I used to like him a lot, but he's been, you know, he's broken down. I'm not sure if he so can return. You have to form. get,
1: like, if you got Grant and Monty, but it, you That'd need be, something else. To, but see, like you and I, we would be fine. I think we'd be like, great, that's a great basketball move. The problem is, is that Pelicans fans, by and large, would be
3: like, oh, that you lost that deal, even though it well, not makes. Only that, yeah, that, David, like, and not only that, but the way Griff's been approaching what we've been following the news. He's trying to hit a home run. This is so far from a home run. Right. Mm-hmm. So this wouldn't be up his alley, mm-hmm. you gotta think, either, right? Yeah, but well, even with, that, with Grant being like the, the the main thing that you get
4: back. I have a I like Jeremy Grant, but I have a lot of questions about him because he, he can't rebound. And like that's one of the biggest mm-hmm. problems that we have, and he doesn't fix that mm-hmm. issue. Then if you're playing a front line where you're gonna be playing him when Zion shifts to center. And so you're going to have Grant, and we
1: know Zion struggles on defensive boards
4: as the front front line. Who's going to get rebounds? You know, on, like, Kevin, Josh Hart's going to be a 20 rebounding uh, uh, monster. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you're literally, literally putting, putting it out, all on Lonzo and sure. Josh Hart at that point. In that lineup, he's definitely going to get 20 rebounds a game. Is that way, you want?
1: Because Jackson right. boards,
5: And to Fish is happier either. as hell. <laughs> no, I mean Josh Hart has limitations, like yeah, minimal limitations, but there are limitations. <laughs> Yeah, the, again, the, you can just see, like,
1: all, all those things that you had from Denver, if you're Stan Van Gatti, you're like, bowl, bull, bull for real? Like, no, I don't have time for this. Not, Not if I've got Jax and bowl, bowl. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> think about the the individual pieces that it's like, I can't teach you both how to understand, you know, because Bull Bull is a really bad, people don't understand. His footwork is bad. His hips are bad. His yeah. balance is bad. He's not like his dad in that regard, where at least his dad knew how to use his positioning to get everything. Bol Bol doesn't do any of that defensively.
3: The other thing I would say about what this position game. does he guard? Honestly, I don't. I haven't even figured out what his best position is. Right? Do you guys he, can, he cannot guard on the he cannot guard on the perimeter.
5: You run the zone, like that's like that's the thing. Like all the hype about how he was looking in bubble games and stuff was just the fact that they, they ran a 2-3 zone when he, everybody was on the floor, so he had to do as little as possible.
1: And he got exactly. murdered some nights, though. People ran him into the basket. And just to
3: yeah. talk
4: about –
0: like
4: Will there Barton – have... Why I threw Will Barton in there instead of Gary Harris. They're both two-year deals, but Will Barton's is like almost $6 billion less a year. And I think he's a good culture guy. And I always did like him as a player. And yes, his body is starting to break down. But this is one of those times where you need the salary. And I'd rather have Barton than Harris. And I and one of the reasons you bought brought in um, Aaron Nelson is to kind of give these kind of guys like Will Barton a second chance on their career. Like we've seen him do it before. Not going to say it's going to work, but that's one of the reasons you hire him to try to get guys like this. And get, get them back in shape and, and, um, you know, give them another second career. So that's one of the reasons I include Barton instead of Harris. I, I, I'm totally out on Harris. I really can't stand watching him play. Um, yeah, so at least, just you know, cool. I feel like Barton brings some culture with him and, and, um, you know, he has, he's a good slasher. He's an okay spot up shooter. He's a decent defender and he's a long, long two yard. He's an undersized three, but he can play that.
5: So. I mean, if you guys want to bring culture here, you guys are talking about possible sign-and-trades and stuff. The sign-and-trade target from Denver is actually Paul Millsap, a short-term yeah. deal or something like that. Um, but he but can they be – want him your- back, I'm hearing. Well, of course they do. But, I mean, yeah. gosh, Ollie, I think I wrote about the Pelicans should chase um, Paul Millsap when he was leaving Utah like seven years ago.
3: Remember that? Oh, my God, I know. We were all on that train, dude. I remember with Rowan too. We all loved him. Yeah.
1: Well, we have one more to go with the Nets and the Pacers. That'll be next. But so before we wrap this one up, we do our verdicts. So first, we'll go. We'll start um, with the Bulls, and we'll start with Kevin. Kevin, Bulls as a likely trade partner, and and then your thoughts as a preferred trade partner.
4: Uh, Bulls. I'm going to put them in the likely category as a third team somehow. Um, I can see the world that works out. Um, but it's not really a preferred one for me because I, the, to me, the prize is Markkinen and I don't see them giving up Markkinen. Um, so I'm going to say no to a trade with the Bulls.
2: Elliot? I'm just gonna echo everything that Kevin just said. I, I just don't see it happening unless it's it's a third team thing. And and I mean, he he just kind of hit it on the head. Markkinen is, is the piece. The number four pick is the piece. Um, I, I could see them giving up the four, but based on that report that we heard about their love for marketing, I don't see it happening. And then Carter is uh, well, it'd be interesting to acquire Carter. I, I'd I'd be interested to see what happens. Am I excited about that? Uh, but um marketing is is the is the piece and and i don't see that happening so I'll not leave. likely
3: oh yeah not likely for me too i don't think they're going to move the number four pick unless they can move up and get Lamelo ball if that's not on the table they're not going to be involved in any trade that's definitely going to be helping the pelicans anyways fish
5: yeah the only way that they really make sense is as a third team and in a situation like i said um Previously, if, if the Nuggets are involved, where that's where Drew's headed. Um, that's the only way I can see it really happening. Um, but I would say unlikely and not a preferred um, trading partner. And
1: I also would agree, unless you're getting, like you said, some combination of marketing in, in the four or in that range from somebody, if there's a third team involved, um, it just doesn't make sense for the Pelicans. So I'd say no on both. All right, move back to Denver. Um, and just to get our consensus on that, Fish, I'll let you start with Denver.
5: Um, Denver, I'm higher on on Gary Harris than I think a lot of Pelican fans are. Um, but <laughs> the only way that it works for me is if the Nuggets put Porter Jr. on the table and then the Pelicans can route him someplace to get the kind of long-term assets that the Pelicans need. Um and all reports seem to lean towards the fact that the Nuggets aren't going to put Porter Jr. on the table. So I would say it's unlikely. Um, but in the case that Porter Jr. is on the table, um, then it would be a pretty highly preferred um, trading partner. Just because I think David Griffin could could swing Michael Porter Jr. someplace else and make a really good um, a trade for the Pelicans long term.
3: Ollie. Oh, I don't like them at all. Um, I don't really like him even trying to figure out some kind of three team or so. Unlikely. I think that was just something that was discussed last year before the trade deadline because they like they have eyes for Drew Holiday. That's before Michael Porter really started, you know, wowing people. I think s- since then, I just think he's not even going to be discussed. Therefore, David Griffin's got nothing, you know, no no stones to turn over over there at all. Kevin, Yeah, I mean, I agree with Ollie,
4: you know. Porter's off the table, I believe, and, you know, when this original trade was proposed to Griffin at the trade deadline, supposedly, Porter wasn't what he is now, so he wasn't on the table really then either, and Griff walked away from that offer, so I don't think it's going to be any better now, um, so I I don't think it's going to happen, and I really don't want it to, looking at everything else that the Nuggets have, I just don't think they're They give the Pelicans what they need. You know, the Pelicans aren't going to be able to move up in the draft. And they're not really getting a young player that they can uh, really be part of the core. So for me, it's a no from them.
1: I'm going to get the last
2: word. Yeah, I'm going to say it's, I think it's probably more likely than the rest of you guys do. Um, But it's going to come down to Grant and MPJ. That's, that is what it's going to come down to this narrative of, nuggets fans wanting to give up gary harris bull bull will barton and a bunch of picks just isn't going to do it it's just not um but if if they can be swayed if grant does do a sign and trade sort of situation um that's what's going to make it happen but it, it does become exponentially more likely if a third team's involved and in, in the pels can get a, a higher draft pick because pretty clear that the pelicans want to move into that top 10 there's their eye and somebody
1: Yes, they they clearly are, and and they are on a mission to get up there. But yeah, there are a lot of teams that clearly want to be in that top four or five um, in this draft because everybody thinks there's a big drop-off, like a fat middle, like you said, fat middle. But that peak of those top five is really the most hit and miss. Like, you're either going to hit the jackpot or you're going to be really bad for a long time and regret it. This year is going to just be... I I'm, I think this is going to be, this draft may be the most interesting draft we've seen in probably maybe 10, 15 years. I just have no idea what's going to happen.
2: Y'all, but uh, this is for people who are listening for all of you. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know of Matt Babcock or Babcock Hoops. Matt's been on CBS for their more recent mock drafts, but I just had Derek Murray from Babcock Hoops, who's the director of scouting there on my podcast, and that released this morning. If you haven't listened to it, there's a lot of options for the Pelicans going into this year's draft. And, mm-hmm. I mean, even at 13, there's, there's some solid choices there. And if they move into that top 10, I mean, uh, it was just an awesome conversation. Talked about, for, uh, talked about this for about an hour with, with Derek on, on the podcast yesterday. And, and it was really extensive and really, really good. So, uh, so I would recommend checking it out. There's, there's options everywhere. And, and I think the Pels can get better with anywhere they pick in the first round.
1: But it's clear that they want somebody
2: yes before
1: we go on this one today (laughs) before we get out on this if you if if each if it's yeah if each of you has one name of who you think the pelicans are targeting let's do that real quick kevin uh
4: i'll just say killian hayes uh that's probably biased towards who i want but um i mean you know i think they like foreign guys uh they they've sort of you know, the coach has come out and basically said that Lonzo is not really a um, half-court uh, playmaker. Um, he's more of a transitional point guard and then a spot-up shooter. Um, you know, we've seen him struggle in the pick-and-roll. So getting a good guy like, like Hayes that can run the pick-and-roll, can run your half-court sets and still allow Lonzo to thrive and provide defense and rebounding and be an outside shooter and also just – creating those dynamic plays in that in transition. I think it solves a lot of problems, um, but I can see him going in a bunch of other directions too, but I, I really like killing
2: Hayes. Elliot, what do you think? I think, I mean, I, I think it's Hayes, but there are some really other, they're really good other options. I mean, you grab Devin Vassell in there. He's an incredible team defender and that is music to Pelicans fans ears. You add him to the roster. He's incredible off ball. Um, I think I could see Griffin falling in love with Kangwu too. There's one player I don't want to get too deep into it. It's probably Killian Hayes because he can play off ball. He can play on ball. And if you're getting rid of Drew Holiday and we don't know the future of Alonzo Ball, Killian Hayes could, could play off ball. He could play on ball. Yeah. I'm,
1: I'm of the, um, I'm moving closer to the Okungwu camp. And that's what I'd say It's just, you get a guy with a lot of bounce, um, a lot of activity around the rim more physical than anyone else you have on your front court outside of Zion, but also can play both the four and the five spots. and has shown some potential to shoot. Um, I like him a lot.
5: Um, Fish. Um, see, it's, it's difficult for me to separate who I want, which is Hayes, um, f- from who the Pelicans might be targeting. I, I lean towards um, maybe they're targeting somebody like Halliburton, um, who – Um, hasn't, hasn't been as ball dominant maybe as Hayes has been in the last year. Um, and I mean, he has, he still has, you know, a lot of those point guard, but has a lot of defensive um, potential on that end. Um, but isn't quite as young. Um, and Halliburton might be more, more ready to contribute in the NBA sooner. He's, he's got a, a, a more mature body at this point, so I, I lean tor- more towards maybe it's Halliburton.
3: Ollie? The last week, it's just been one name, and I feel like each day, I've gotten more evidence that they're looking at getting him, and it's Onyeka O'Connor. I think there's no doubt that with Stan Van Gundy coming in here, they're going to need to get that pain protection up. We, we've we talked about this mm-hmm. randomly with all you guys you know, in our DM chats, but Stan Van Gunny wasn't brought in here to to hold hands and, and basically teach um, defense to guys that really just aren't meant to play. So they need to bring in somebody that's going to be an impact guy. And Okonwu, he he's likely to be, or not likely, but he's got the potential to be a defensive player of the year. To, to say that for a guy that you maybe can grab at six, I think that's incredible. So I think that's why the Pelicans are really focused on, like I said, trying to move up there. Because they, they saw enough out of Zion to know that even if he's healthy, can you rely on him to be Draymond Green? I think the answer is clearly no. So I think you need to find the guy that can grow with those guys, with B.I. and Zion, and be kind of the backbone of the defense. And O'Connor feels like a perfect fit.
1: Yeah, because I, I, I like him a lot. And I like the fact that he's not like just a Clint Capella only used as a role man type. You can You can get him – you know, active, moving towards the rim on cuts. He can, like I said, he, he's shown the ability to shoot it a little bit, but he's an extremely active rebounder, which is something that the Pelicans need a lot of, and he can get up to block shots. He's not just going to be a weak side shot blocker. He can be an on-ball shot blocker. I like him a lot, and I think he does help yeah, the Pelicans.
3: I recommend people watch one. the video because this guy's hands are incredibly soft. He can, while he's in the air, catch and shoot in the same motion. I've seen him do it uh, countless times. So I think the upside is really there for him to become something a little bit offensively too.
1: Um, so tomorrow, that's the plan, right, guys? Tomorrow? Mm-hmm. We'll wrap this up yes. um, with the Nets and the Pacers. So if you've missed any of our series, um, you can go back and check those out at the bird calls. And you can also see the write-ups that Ali Cosell has painstakingly done to put these ideas um, on thebirdrights.com and you can check those out and just review and see which ones you like let us know um and of course subscribe rate and share this podcast as well so for the guys um until the next time let's go
0: pals For listening to the bird calls on the armchair all American network. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today. All right, okay, I killed that first one. All right,
1: uh, okay, <laughs> damn it, I can't believe I did that. See,
0: David, I'm- I thought, saw- oh man,
3: oh man, Kevin's
1: on Benadryl, so we're all messed up. We're all slightly <laughs> messed up, here. and Fish's kids are on cocaine and coffee, so we're <laughs> all kind of messed
5: up Just cocaine, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go.